Tash Show Podcast. And next week, we're going to be playing, as we gear up for Mother's Day, Will Your Mom Do It? One of our favorite games here on the Tash Show, where we get you to call your mom, ask her if she'll do something a little out of the ordinary for you. And if she agrees, we hook you up with a sweet prize. Now, we do know what the prize is going to be. Cirque du Soleil tickets. Nice. For the show at uh, Budweiser Gardens. Moms absolutely love Cirque du Soleil. Also, we're going to throw in a pair of tickets, because moms love this too, to see Marilyn Manson (laughs) and Rob Zombie at Budweiser Gardens. (laughs) It'd be so funny telling your mom she's going to see Marilyn Manson, because most likely she doesn't know who it is, but it sounds like it could be like... Chantel Kraviatsuk or somebody like her. Oh, we're going to see Marilyn Manson. Oh, she sounds nice. I love her movies. <laughs> oh, that's Mandy great. Moore. Never mind. <laughs> so Marilyn Manson and Rob Zombie tickets for you or maybe mom. And you get the uh, the Cirque du Soleil tickets, which are a great Mother's Day gift. That's uh, when we start playing the next round of Will Your Mom Do It next week. This week, we're revisiting some of our favorite moments from the past. This one uh, was a complete classic. Uh, Mom, will you carry a baby for me? Will your mom do it? Will your mom do it? Will your mom do it? Will she do it? Megan, tell us about your mom. Uh, My mom is, uh, her name is Diana. Um, She is a really wonderful mom. She would do anything for her kids and anything for her grandkids. Um, She... Supports us with all her heart. So I understand you've got two kids. I do. Uh, you can no longer have children, right? Right. Um, but you you love kids. You'd love to have another one. So you're going to call and you're going to ask mom if she would be a surrogate for you and your husband. Now, the catch is you want the baby made the old-fashioned way. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> You know, you don't want to spend money. You've looked at the budget. It costs too much to go to the fertility place. So you were wondering if your mom would be a surrogate for your next child the old-fashioned way. Perfect. Do you think your mom would do it? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. What's your husband's name? His name's Mike. Mike? Is he in shape? He is. He works out. He looks like Star-Lord from Guardians of the Galaxy. (laughs) Okay, so we're about to call mom here. Just keep it going, make it believable. Hello? Okay. Hi, mom. Hi. How are you? Good. How are you doing? Good. How's the boys? The boys are good. Good. Hey, listen, mom. um, On my drive to work, I was really thinking... um, you know how I really wish we could have that third child? Yeah. Um, well, I saw this story about this uh, grandmother who was a surrogate for her daughter. And I wondered, um, have, would you ever consider doing that for me? A surrogate? Yeah. Well, I'd... <laughs> yes, I would. Oh, Mom. So, like, the fertility stuff is really expensive, though, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm just starting back in my new job and stuff. So, you know, in order to save money, I wondered, 
instead of having to go through all the fertility things, and I know we'd have to talk about this more, but would you um, would you consider um, doing it the old-fashioned way? Um, I'm not sure. With, <laughs> um, with, with Mike? With Mike. <laughs> that would be a lot to ask. But um, it was the only way. I don't know. <laughs> really? You would consider it? <laughs> he looks like Chris Pratt from Guardians of the Galaxy. Of course she'd do it. <laughs> Mom, we're on the radio. <laughs> Diana, this is uh, Taz and Jim from FM 96. You don't have to have sex with your daughter's husband. We were kidding. <laughs> I love you so much, Mom. Uh, Thanks for always having my back. (laughs) And being a good sport. (laughs) Happy Mother's Day, Diana. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. I forgot how cute that one was. Yeah, it's funny, but it does show the lengths a mother will go to for her children. Right, I got a little teary when she said she'd be a surrogate for her. That was pretty cool. Yeah, and then I got teary again when I pictured Star-Lord with his mask on. <laughs> having sex <laughs> having with her, her mother. <laughs> and uh, over the past couple months, we've been reminding people that 911 is for emergencies. Mm-hmm. Do not call 911 unless it's an emergency. There's been a rash in the FM 96 listening area of ridiculous 911 calls like, hey, there's a raccoon in my house. Uh, a young boy uh, called him one of McDonald's. <laughs> Another young boy called because his mom bought him snow pants for Christmas. <laughs> that? That one? Yeah. <laughs> you know, that one's justified. Here's a couple more examples of reasons you should not be calling 911. 33-year-old uh, woman named Amber Lewis uh, lives in Alabama. On, on Wednesday morning, she uh, last week, she called 911 to report a burglary. She wanted the cops to to show up at this house because there was a burglary in progress. And cops showed up. No burglary. Hmm. But they did find Amber's husband making love to his mistress. Oh. So she called 911 knowing (laughs) that the husband was over at the mistress's house. Wanted the cops to show up and break things up. It happened. So her plan worked. But... Uh, then they came to Amber's house to talk to her about making face report, false reports. Uh, they found drugs in her bedroom, and now she's going to jail. It's not clear how much uh, jail time she's looking at, but she was arrested for drug possession and for making a false yikes. false report. So she tried to win that battle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Lost the war. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and here's another one. 54-year-old woman named Zelda Cotton from New York. You know... That's a tough name to start with in life. Zelda Cotton called 911 on Saturday with a problem. Said she was trying to kill her 76-year-old boyfriend, but she couldn't get the job done and wanted to know if they could give her some advice. (laughs) What? I need some leverage. (laughs) She was drunk. She said she already hit him five times with a VCR. (laughs) And she was trying to hit him with a leaf blower, but it wasn't working. He wasn't even hurt. So the 911 dispatcher did send the cops to her place. Instead of giving her tips on how to murder her husband, 
They uh, arrested her for endangering the welfare of an elderly person and criminal possession of a weapon, which I guess was the VCR in this case. Here's the local news report. I'll tell you what, in police work, you can never say you've seen it all. Someone calls and it just doesn't sound right. We're going to go and investigate it. And plus, the dispatcher, you know, could tell that there was some intoxication involved there, too. So all those factors is, you know, we're we're going over there to check out what's going on over there, which they did. In the old days, okay, you go to your room, you go to your room and be nice the rest of the night and we're done. Police departments nationwide rethought and how do we handle domestics differently? Pro-arrest policy, documenting everything, taking someone out of the house, finding a shelter if need be. Yeah, so Zelda's gone. Yeah, I mean, I laughed, but she was trying to murder him, which is terrifying. With a VCR. That's cold-blooded. And the guy's like 76, probably not the best at defending himself. That's terrifying. He's got to be pretty tough, though, because the VCR had no effect and the leaf blower had no effect (laughs) either. Right? You're going to have to do more than that to take me down, Zelda. Hey, bud, you know, interesting stuff happens in the country, too, Some sometimes. So I guess she's time for the rural report. The rural, rural, rural report. There we go, bud. Yes, the rural report where we focus on news from some of the smaller communities in the area, hosted by the Pride of Mitchell, Ontario, Jim Kelly. Thank you very much, Taz, and a big thank you going out to Ryan, who sent me this article from the Simcoe Reformer. This is straight up from the newspaper, Taz. Simcoe, sad day. Downtown Simcoe is saying goodbye to a downtown staple, the Norfolk Inn, a.k.a. the Old Strip Club in Simcoe. Mm. It's being turned into affordable housing. Sad. (laughs) The Norfolk Inn, the old strip club, it's going to be converted into 32 one-bedroom apartment permanent housing units, which is pretty handy because that means some of the regulars don't have to leave after all. Uh, But they are doing a last call tour. So everybody who's been there since the 70s, all the old fans... You have one last chance to say goodbye to the old Tiggle Bitty Tavern, as they call it, one last time. So if you want to go, you can go like... This is a real thing. This is not a joke. Literally the last call tour, the Simcoe Reformer went on it, met a couple beauties there. Uh, You can play a couple games while you're there called Name the Stain, Don't Touch the Toilet Seat, and Itchy Roulette. (laughs) But seriously, some... (laughs) Some people are so passionate about this place, Taz. They took the tour and even let the local newspaper take their picture and give them their full name in an interview about why they're going to miss this place. Like Mike Smith. This tour. Oh, for yeah, him, that's his real name. I don't know, but his picture was in the paper and his wife was there with him too for some reason. Mike says the trip was a. Uh, or the tour was a trip down memory lane. He says, this place had everything you could ever want in a bar country music strippers, and then rock and roll. So he just named two different types of music and strippers. Anybody else get a feeling here he only went there for the strippers? It is a sad day in Simcoe, though. The flags are flying at half-mast, and so is half the town. Now that the strip club is gone, though, this is my favorite part of the story here, Taz. The owner of the strip club got a call from a guy. This is in the Simcoe Reformer article. The guy called up the owner, whose name is Graham Cubitt, and said... Is the pole still there? 
Graham says, yeah, she is, because they're selling, you know, old tables, old chairs and yeah, stuff. getting rid of all the inventory. The poll is still there. The man on the phone says, I want to buy it. That's where I met my wife 18 years ago. <laughs> yes, Taz, the stripper pole is a hole to the soul, as they say in Simcoe. Guess how much a strip club, a used, gently used strip club pole goes for these days? $1,000. 300 bucks. Wow, he got a deal on yeah, that. Yeah, But you know what? It's, it's for where, him and his wife met. It's worth 300 bucks at the scrapyard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But there's <laughs> sentimental value to it, you know, at the strip club. And that's what I like to say is a sappy ending. Gross. <laughs> Goodbye, Norfolkin. Now there's definitely no forking going on in that place anymore. <laughs> the Norfolk Inn is shutting down. They're going to be tearing down the building and putting up affordable housing. In this article in the Simcoe newspaper, they talked about how somebody called in and asked to buy the stripper pole. This guy named Richie comments on the uh, story. He says, it was worth every penny too. LOL. I'm the guy that bought the pole. And yes, my wife and I met on that pole almost 19 years ago now. <laughs> we met on her very first night dancing after a mutual friend asked me to go in and cheer her on because she was so nervous. <laughs> she she moved in with me three days later. Wow. And after almost 20 years and two beautiful children together, I can't wait to see her on it again. <laughs> <laughs> But talk about love right at first on, sight. She, yeah, she moved in three days after they met, moving a little fast in uh, most people's opinion, but they've been together for 20 years. They got two kids now, and the pole is back in the picture. It worked against the odds. I mean, you, you describe that situation. Most people would say, this is never going to pan out, but for Richie and his wife, happily ever after. Made it happen. Uh, his name is Richie, and he has gotten in touch with us here. Good morning, Richie. Hi there, guys. How's it going? Good. Congratulations on your purchase. You were able to get the, <laughs> the stripper pole. Where are you going to put it in your house? You know, I, I was saving it, and I was going to I was going to tell my wife uh, on on her anniversary in August. So she Aww. didn't know. But then, but then some friends of ours started to uh, share the uh, the the, the Simco Reformer story on Facebook yesterday. So she found out last night. <laughs> and what um, what was her reaction? Well, she rolled her eyes at first. She thought it, she thought it was uh, you know. Kind of a, I'm the more sentimental one in the in the relationship, I guess. But uh, but she thought it was, you know, she thought it was funny. So um, she she, she was told. dancing back in the day, and her first night dancing, a friend asked you to come for moral support to cheer her on, and yeah. you fell in love with her that night. She moved in with you three days later. Yep. And did yep. she keep dancing, or was that it? Uh, she did actually. So. Uh, long story but i put her through she quit dancing for a little while i put her through college um and then i didn't like what i was doing so she went back to dancing and put me through college wow <laughs> so, this is this is like an oddly romantic story yeah that that poll has a lot of significance <laughs> in your relationship you know for i mean as, as much as a you know a relationship that starts in a cd strip club it, it's uh it's really been a 20 year uh uh journey with a, a lot of uh, kind of interesting turns. So, And how do your kids feel about uh, a newspaper article being writ written about how you bought uh, the stripper pole that you met their mother on, and now you're on the radio them. telling the story? I, I know, I know. They're, they're six and two, so we haven't we haven't told them yet. I think we're hmm. going to tell them it's a fire pole or something. <laughs> <laughs> something about it. Fair enough. Just put it, put it 
horizontally, it could be a really long towel rack or something. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we were talking about putting it up uh, as a fireman pole in his play structure. Don't let him touch it! No! <laughs> you make sure you sanitize that thing thoroughly yeah. before it enters your home. Take a torch to it just <laughs> once over. Well, that you know, that is such a romantic story, and I know a lot of people are going to be missing the Norfolk Inn in Simcoe. Thanks for sharing with us here, Richie. Hey, no problem, guys. Here's the first dance at Richie's wedding, and this is the song they're going to be playing as those bulldozers tear down the former strip club in Simcoe. In the name of love, beep, beep, beep. Sad day. But out of the ashes, something new will emerge. Speaking of the 90s, you remember Moby? Oh, yeah. Moby. His album Play in the late 90s is the highest selling electronica album ever. Became a household name. Sought after DJing and songwriting with... uh, other big acts, pretty successful a couple decades ago. Well, Moby has a new autobiography out, and something that he wrote about has been getting a lot of attention here because it still carries some relevance today. Involves the President of the United States, Donald Trump. Uh Uh-oh. Moby says sometime after 9-11... He started processing his grief by drinking, doing drugs, and partying a lot. And he found himself at a product launch party with a bunch of celebrities, including Donald Trump. Now, Moby and his buddies, they were getting all boozed up, and they started talking about uh, knob-touching, which is a game they would play. And... It's what it sounds like. Okay. The rules are you take your junk out of your pants at a party and you brush it up against somebody. You only touch the person on their clothes and the person can't notice that you've done it. So you take out your junk, take it out of your pants, and you wipe it against somebody at the party. Moby's buddies challenged him to knob touch Trump. And Moby says he drank a shot of vodka to brace himself, pulled out his flaccid unit, (laughs) casually walked by Donald Trump, and brushed the edge of his suit jacket with his penis. That's assault, brother. Trump didn't even notice or twitch. Well, yeah, probably. Like, is that a penis that just brushed my leg? How would you know? I, I don't know if that says a lot about Donald Trump or if it says a lot about Moby's penis. <laughs> that is very weird. Yeah. That's it, not cool. I, I have seen, and you know, as younger years, you're, you're hanging around a bunch of guys and they'll uh, do junk-related stuff at parties. Like if somebody's passed out? I can remember being at a party and someone's like, hey, uh, do you like my new watch? And they had pulled their junk out of their pants and wrapped it around their wrist. That's a, that, yeah, that's if I could impressive. do that, I, uh, twice around the, the wrist. Like, come on, man, that's not funny. 
<laughs> and uh, the other buddies of mine back in the day, they'd play that game where you smack your your friends in the like two from oh, looking sort of deal. I forget what they call that, but yeah, you give them the little the little flick of the wrist, right? And you walk past them and you hit them, and, and it hurts. Yeah, I never found that game fun either. No, my, me and my friends didn't do that one. Thankfully. <laughs> Did you but ever I, do the knob touching? Never the knob. A little bit of docking back in my day, but what is docking? <laughs> I can't say it on the radio. But I've seen in college like people who will do the if somebody's passed out, they'll put something on you. I don't uh-huh. like any of it, Taz. No. It's immature and really you're right. It's assault. And I know it's Trump and nobody likes him, but Moby doesn't I don't think you're a hero. You know, and I don't know why you'd admit to doing this, because like, especially nowadays, <laughs> whether you do that to a man or a woman. That's that's still a me too moment, you know. Yeah, and Trump's talked about his his pastimes and the games he likes to play and grabbing different things. But two wrongs don't make a right. Yeah, I just you know Moby thought like everybody's gonna be like, yeah, Moby, awesome way to get Trump, but it's not cool. It's just gross. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I just picture Moby unzipping his fly and then another Moby coming out of his pants, <laughs> like it looking very similar. Yeah, he really does. He has that look to him. <laughs> he looks like a giant flaccid penis, doesn't he? Did a little Moby just brush my suit jacket? <laughs> Anyways, Moby's new autobiography is available, and uh, I have a feeling that this is the highlight. This is what people are going to remember. You live your whole life. You sell the number one Electronica album of all time, and you're remembered as the knob-touching Donald Trump guy. <laughs> That's the Taz Show podcast. Make sure to subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And remember, you can tune in on the radio, 95.9 on the uh, dial in the London area. That's FM 96 or FM 96.com.